0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45
1: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: He's back. Steve Versnick is back on Sports Day Tampa Bay with me after a couple days of Derek Sharp filling in very admirably for you, Steve. But I'll tell you what... um, I got a little, little case of the envies because what you just did is something uh, that I have done a couple times with my son, but every father should get an opportunity to do. Tell us about
1: it. I, uh, well, with the Lightning's early exit from the postseason, was able to plan a boys' trip. So I took my mm-hmm. sons to Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Baltimore. Wow. And we caught a Braves Phillies game, we caught a DC United FC Cincinnati soccer game and then a Orioles Mariners baseball game. And did some history stuff and other stuff in between too. So mm.
0: How cool is that? I mean, first of all, just to spend the time. Um mm-hmm. I remember I remember talking to uh and this this is sort of a different level of conversation in a way. I don't think I'm disclosing any any trade secrets here, but um so you know Clyde Christensen, the former uh, Bucks quarterbacks coach, and of course he's been everywhere at Indianapolis, and he's mm-hmm. he's very close to the players there, including Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, by the way, a college World Series guy himself. We'll talk about that while you were gone. But uh, one of the things that you know that Clyde talked about with Peyton was, hey, when you when you go on these trips, you know to different places or sporting events or whatever um because he's a big tennessee balls fan he's like you know bring your sons take your sons and then just the, if you're driving flying whatever it is just have conversations you know mm-hmm. that that's the opportunity to talk about all kinds of things not just what you're seeing or what's in front of you but uh it's just the time you get and and, and you don't get that back and so i know that uh, in his retirement of course he's very busy with all his tv stuff and whatever and omaha productions but um, that that's been something that's uh, been great because he's he's done that and he's spent a lot of time with it. so, I can't imagine um, how much fun that must be to to go to a couple major league games and of course DC is such a historic city mm-hmm. I mean what a great opportunity for those guys
1: no, it was one wonder- I mean my wife gets to do so much with our kids because you know working mm-hmm. in sports as you know we, there's a lot of nights and weekends and mm-hmm. so I don't get Holidays. to to do everything <laughs> I mean I, I I do coach my kids in both baseball and soccer and. Although right. I miss some of the the practices and games based on schedules, but um mm-hmm. you know I, I but to take a trip and just the you know the three of us um traveling around and stuff, it was awesome, and you know That's I cool. hope it's something they'll never forget they're nine and seven mm-hmm. um you know so it was a good age, oh yeah, uh, to do that they were excited and and loved every minute of it so.
0: Yeah, no, they won't forget it because uh, I traveled a lot uh, when I was those ages. Um, my dad coached, and so we'd always go to state tournaments, the teams that he coached and whatnot. Um, you remember all of it, and uh, those are, you know, like I said, those are big moments and fun fun times because it's, it's sports, and we, and we love sports. Um, so while you're away, um, a couple of things have happened. Of course, uh, Florida Gators college baseball is weird man like they they put up 24 one night and then what they give up like 18 the next uh, you know you was the, the old most,
1: joke of you know hey hold some of those runs for tomorrow we don't need to use them all tonight well that was yeah, truth.
0: right, <laughs> exactly right and uh, you know I, I, there's part of me that that kind of wants to see and I know they won't do it because of the expense and, and that's just the way it is but can we at some point, can we do away with the aluminum bats? If we're in the NIL world, right? Can it can they make a deal with Louisville Slugger or something? I mean, is there a way? Because, honest to gosh, and I know they've deadened these things, but boy, if if a if a pitch is is just barreled up the slightest, um, there were so many home runs in this tournament, and I, I know these were the best of the best teams in college baseball, and you know, of course. Uh, Jack uh, Caglioni or whatever, uh, you know, for the University of Florida had thirty-four bombs this year. So it's not like they didn't do it during the regular season. But you watch, you watch those scores, and you just can't hardly believe it. I mean, it's it's like slow pitch softball, and that's not what it is. I mean, some of these guys are throwing ninety-five plus, and yet um, they were just pinging it all over the place, and uh, it it was just it's hard to imagine you can you can uh, put up twenty-four and then give up. Sixteen or eighteen or whatever it was the next night, but it was a good run by the Gators, and uh, unfortunately they didn't win. The SEC has been dominant in college baseball over the last few years. Of course, old Miss won a year ago, um, and and it's one of the best, uh, you know, best divisions of baseball. But um, good ratings, you said too. You you mentioned that uh, did very well. On I want to
1: say it was average, like three million people watching it, which that's is re- by far really the best or in a long yeah. time.
0: Um, yeah, for sure.
1: You know, so that's I mean that's good to see. As far as mm-hmm. you know, for college baseball, and, and I know the NCAA. Some of their uh, rights for those championships are up for bid, so it could be a lot more money going to the NCAA. So,
0: yeah, well, that'll be good. I mean, I'm all for all for college baseball and revenue, mm-hmm. sports, and producing. And I know some guys that play. Some uh, friends of ours, uh, uh, their sons. And there is some NIL money in some of the bigger programs and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which is which is great. I
1: think I saw a um, Tennessee player was going to transfer, and a donor stepped mm-hmm. up with NIL for 100K and kept him.
0: That's that's it. Yeah, I, a guy I know, his son uh, got 70K mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to to play college baseball. I was like, wow, man, I was. Let's see, it was 100 years ago, and I was begging people to let me write a high school football story for $25 on Friday night <laughs> so, I could, so I could eat on Sunday night because my last meal plan was about 3.30 on Sunday. Um, but times have changed, and, and for the better, so that's good. Um, I want to get your take on this because you were away when uh, I think Wander Franco was suspended two games.
1: You actually, uh, we had pre-taped with Tom. That's correct. You, that's right. You had to tape a, a new open to the podcast, so to speak, with yeah. your thoughts. So I had to edit that on the road. But that's right.
0: That's right. It happened. It happened uh, that night, and and we, of course, you know, uh, everybody playing Tom Jones because he comes back on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we did the Rays the night before, and of course, what what could go wrong except that Wander Franco gets suspended two games. I I didn't think it was coincidence that you know they they played him you know in a more in, important series maybe. Um, the two games before, and then they waited for the, the for the uh, Royals to come to town. Well, that's did they the wait, or
1: did something happen in the clubhouse?
0: Well, I, I we don't know. I mean, yeah. I it's it's just you know I'm I'm cynical by nature because that's my mm-hmm. business, but um, mm-hmm. n- nonetheless, uh, I thought he you know I thought he responded well. Uh, obviously, when he got back in the lineup, his first time up, he hit one 400 feet uh, for a home run, and then he had a single the next time. He I think he drove in two or three that night. Uh, they lost the game they had a four to nothing lead but um and he said although I thought he said the right things here here's what I, and i I laid this out and i want to make clear again that that this is based on absolutely nothing but pure speculation and um no facts whatsoever uh which which is I'm happy to say, but you know there's been some documented encounters i guess you would say or altercations or whatever you want to call them between him and Randy Rosarena. And what I, what I put out on the podcast the other day is just my theory. I You've, you've covered teams, Steve. I've covered teams. You're not going to get 25 or 45 or 60 guys to get along every day or even some of the time. Um, having said all that, uh, there's something there, right, between the two of those dudes. And what I'm wondering about this year is, you know, Randy was – you know, such a neon light at the start of the season. I mean, he had the world baseball Congress thing and the whole posing and carried that into the regular season. And now here come the rays with the marketing Randy land. And, you know, it's, it's Randy all the time. Uh, and deservedly. So in terms of the kind of year he's having, I just wonder if wanted a goes, Hey, wait a minute. I might, I, you know, five minutes ago, I was considered maybe the best prospect in all of baseball. And this guy is getting all the love. like, that happens on teams, I, 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 and again, mm-hmm. pure speculation. Got, but I think jealousy is a big part of life. Uh, it's one of those emotions that's that's difficult to control, and it, it's not very attractive sometimes. But I just wonder if there's not sort of this, you know, can you have two superstars on the same team, young guys that that uh, don't kind of fight for the same spotlight?
1: Well, uh, I, 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 as you said, you don't know what's going on. No. Is that part of Wander Franco's feelings? It's very possible. It, like he's a young mm-hmm. player. Randy Rosario is older. We forget he's twenty eight years old.
0: Yeah, he's yeah he's not a rookie. You know, right. He's
1: not. I mean, he's he hasn't been in the league that long, right? But he's he's older. I mean, you think of him mm-hmm. more as 24, 25 based on how you do you know, you when do. he came up. But he was actually an older mm-hmm. player. Yep. Wander is very young. Has been the best player on every team he's ever played on. Mm-hmm. Has been the star. Yep, but now you, uh, you, look—you saw Mark Topkin a couple weeks ago write the story about some of the immaturity in, in, of him still, right. and and that was—that's obviously the race sending a message to Wander. You know, I am sure they do it in person too, but it's you know that pre that preceded the suspension, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now you start to wonder some of the the incidents the past two years, right? Wander flipping the ball up. Was that mm-hmm. really an accident? Or was it about getting attention? I'm a star, too. Parking mm-hmm. his car in the wrong spot during spring training, an Eric Neander spot. Mm-hmm. Was that really an accident? Or was right. that his immaturity? I'm the star. Right. I can park wherever I want. And now, they had go. fun with it, and they pulled his car into the, in the middle of the field and stuff. Right. But you start going, there's a pattern here. Like yeah. all those things he just kind of wrote off, oh, he just parked in the road, I didn't know. Did he? Or was it him trying to show, "Hey, I'm the star."
0: Right, right.
1: You know, every every everything about the pop, you know, popping the ball up before he threw it to first. Yeah. You know, was that really an accident? He said, "Oh, I, you know, I do that in practice and I just, you know." Or was mm-hmm. he trying to be flashy? "Look at me ism." You know, is like, him, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind
0: mm-hmm. of like, "Hey, what about me? What about, you know, what what, you know?" I can watch, watch what I can do, or look how important I am. You know, what what I don't know.
1: What worries me about Wander, and I, I'm it worries probably not the right word. Concerns, but they've been addressing this now. Yeah, obviously they've addressed it many times this year, including Mark Topkin writing about his immaturity weeks ago, and then it's still persisting to a point where they suspend him for two games. Yeah. And he's 22. He can turn – I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, write him off. Absolutely not. He's young. Right. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. was benched several times in his career, not hustling balls and things like that. Yeah,
0: great comparison, yeah.
1: But then you worry about things like John Morant, who gets suspended for flashing guns in Instagram Live videos, and he does it again Mm -hmm. after he's suspended. And and that's what, you know, Wander can take one of two paths from here forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, he's the highest paid player or well, his contract will make him the highest paid player on this team. They've right. shown how much they love him based on his contract. Mm-hmm. He's got a twelve year sure. deal worth three hundred million. The team never does that. No. You know, you are the biggest. Star. He's on billboards everywhere. Yeah. You know, but you don't Rand-
0: have Randy Land. There's no Land. wonderland. <laughs> but but
1: it's also hard for a shortstop to do that because part of his Randy interacts with the fans and stuff. Yeah, he's in the outfield. Shortstop's yeah. kind of right. in the middle of the field. You don't really get to do that.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. You know, so some that's of it true.
1: is is, a, is that, but it's also, hey, we got more than one star on this team. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. How many times do you say that about the Rays?
0: Well, I think it's great for the Rays. Mm-hmm. I've just known situations, and the one I brought up that that was um, uh, near and dear to what I covered um, was, you know, the super the Bucks' first Super Bowl team, where you had Keyshawn Johnson, who was you know a number one pick in the draft, a relative outsider that came in um, after the Bucks were good. And then then Warren Sapp, who was you know a draft pick and a, and a guy that you know paid his dues in Tampa and was also a superstar, and they needed both of them. Those two guys could not coexist. I mean, it was really something. It, and to mm-hmm. the point where then John Gruden came in and it became a thing between John and Keyshawn. Um, and they're really, you know, I knew them both, liked them both, covered them both, got along with them both. And it was interesting because. As I said the other day, it was like watching mom and dad fight a little bit. They sat across the room from each other, and you know, you, you go to one and you go to the other. Um, but but as great as they were, and they were at the time, um, one's a hall of famer, obviously. They they just there didn't seem to be enough oxygen for both of them. You know what I mean? Even though when they played, they were on different sides of the ball and all of that. Um, but the other day somebody said I, I think it was maybe Tom Krasnicki or somebody you know was watching back a uh uh wanders home run when he came back off the uh the suspension and uh you know you got you got a high five or a handshake or whatever it was from the on deck guy the guy after that was a Rosarena who ignored him according according and I didn't go back and watch mm-hmm. but and and then there was a thing that Mark Tompkins put in his story where they had like a uh you know, uh, a Randy Rosarina kind of shirt jersey day or shirt day, and all the players were wearing in batting practice except for one, Wander Franco. Well,
1: and that tells you there's an issue. If yeah. both so those things, yeah, I mean that's yeah, it was yeah, Randy Rosarina fi- soccer jersey day they, they did
0: over the weekend. That was it, yeah, soccer jersey exactly. And and so, you know, it's not it, it's not by accident. Like they, you know, there there is a, a neon sign flashing saying, "Hey, I don't like you." You know, I'll mm-hmm. tolerate you and we're going to have we've had issues now already and 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 they've been documented. Um And I think that sometimes it's just just that, like they're both kind of battling for the same spotlight and for whatever reason, personality or, you know, who knows what it is. But um I just wonder how much of it is, you know, been been part of the you know, And of course, he's been frustrated and thrown bats and, you know, had gear come back and probably hit teammates and whatnot i don't know i've seen some guys uh you know toss some helmets and stuff before mm-hmm. uh so that you, you don't want that and and i think cash has addressed it and they didn't know what else to do and so you're right the test will be now um he said that uh he understands why he was sat down and that he appreciates it and he has got to make some changes and whatnot said all the right things but if they just now said you're see. not
1: a good teammate and right. everybody on the team is wearing the the promotional jersey, and you're not. You and learn nothing. Not good, you learn uh, nothing yeah. at this point.
0: That kind of that kind of is a big kind of thumb, you know, in in the face of what they just were trying mm-hmm. to teach you, which was, hey, hey, be a guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, be like a you know, be a teammate.
1: They didn't sit you down because you didn't hustle a play out, which happens. And that, like Ronald mm-hmm. Cooney Jr., there was a few instances where he didn't run to first and.
0: I think there was a have. couple of those with Wander mm-hmm. that, you know, whether it's in the yeah. infield or 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 right at at bat. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it's part, but they came out and said he's not a good teammate.
0: Not a good teammate.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. that that's a damn I mean, that's not like okay, he didn't hustle, Soma's young, you They called you not a good teammate.
0: Yeah. And this is after the suspension that mm-hmm. he chooses not to wear the jersey.
1: Exactly. And so obviously those two games taught him nothing about being a teammate.
0: <laughs> no. I don't think so. You know, now, it doesn't mean you can't
1: change going forward, and you hope. Yeah. Because the other thing we know is instant instances like this can derail teams.
0: Oh, sure they can. I mean, Absolutely. What was it? it
1: was Randy and Yandy Diaz last year got into it late in the season
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: parking lot, and after that, the team was never the same.
0: Yeah. No, that's right.
1: Now, whether that was why they scored no runs in the postseason, probably <laughs> not, but...
0: Well, you just but, don't need the extra baggage, right? It's exactly. hard. The game is hard enough, and I think that's the the point is that, you know, you've got to have everybody pulling the rope the same direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the funny thing about baseball, unlike other sports, is, um, you know, it, it, I don't rely, you know, if I'm a quarterback, I have to have the offensive line protect for me. I have to have the receivers run routes and catch the ball. Like, there's a lot of – and I don't know baseball's that way in terms of, like, you know, you have infielders and outfielders mm-hmm. and you've got – Guys make throws and date them out and make plays and all that. But like for the most part, you know, it, it it's you against the pitcher. It's not you against somebody else. So um there's a lot of individuality in the game of baseball. You know, there's a lot of individual matchups, right? Um, and so it doesn't necessarily matter if Randy now if there's a pop up to left field and they're both going for the ball, you know, then it does matter, right? You have to be a good teammate, communicate, all that stuff. Um, but for the most part you can you can coexist without really getting in each other's orbit, you know, if you want mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. In baseball in particular. I played with guys for years that I couldn't stand. But when we played, you know, we made it work. <laughs> we got along. You had to. It's your teammate. It's a team game. Um, but yeah, I just I and that was the thing. When Mark you know, Mark is, is real subtle about dropping things in there that you go whoa why did he put that in there it's like that was not an accident and it wasn't probably an accident that he was the guy that didn't wear it and that was after the suspension so mm-hmm. it's something to watch you know but i i thought of all the and you're right they can't do it maybe for wander but i thought of all the randy land and all this you know mm-hmm. uh attention uh and and like i said he's having a great year so is wander um but i think randy might start the all-star game you know
1: well, he's Same. got a good shot at that, and Wander will not he because he did not that's make right. the runoff at shortstop. He finished third. But that's right. So you know, but the, the other part, and and <laughs> you know, like I said, Wander's young. We'll see. But yeah. part of the yeah. reason Randy is is as big as he is is because of what he did in the World Baseball Classic. Absolutely. Because of what he did in the World Series in 2020. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's performed his best on the biggest stages. Wander's yet to do that. Right. Now mm-hmm. he hasn't had the opportunities either at this point that's correct so you know we'll see if assuming the rays make a a long postseason run this year if wander can step up in the biggest moments and provide big moments which is what randy has done yeah but you know i guess it's gonna we'll we'll figure out what kind of person wander is over the next few months of the season next year etc
0: oh yeah you know because they're gonna be in big games i mean that's mm -hmm. the thing about the rays i mean the ray the rays i you know you hate to just assume they're going to make the playoffs, but they're on pace to win over a hundred games and, you know, Baltimore certainly on their tail, but Mm -hmm. um, it sure looks like a postseason team in a special year. Uh, And so you're going to see them again on this stage together. um, And, you know, to your point, what, what's the next thing you do, right? If, 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 if the message wasn't sent and there is another blow up or something that they don't like now, what? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, You just, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to see your best players uh, at odds with each other. You know, this can't continue, but it did, uh, at least as far as a shirt thing goes. I don't know.
1: Like I said, I go back to, they've said he was not a good teammate. That's not, that's not. That's, that's a personality damning. thing. That's a damning. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's damning, like that's yeah. about the worst thing you can say about a player in a locker room.
0: Well, in a team sport, it sure is. You know what I mean? Like it sure is. Like it wasn't. Like he, it wasn't uh, he
1: screwed up? And he's got some. You know, he needs to work on this. Doesn't his hustle temper, his this. Or, yeah. or his know. temper and that. You know, it was. He's mm-hmm. not a good teammate. Yeah, that's yeah. damning.
0: Yeah, it can get lonely out there, man.
1: <laughs> and, and you hope there's people in Wander's orbit or his his you know that he trusts and, and listens to and can learn from
0: yeah a lot and, of pit a lot of players spoke for up to him and spoke mm-hmm, with him mm-hmm. you know so they, they they have been some guys and everybody said look we love the guy you know like he he doesn't have to worry about that we love him and mm-hmm. and you know we're going to hear to help him and i know zach Eflin, you know spoke to him and and um, and some others pulled him aside which is what you need to have with your leaders you know, because you can't let something like that tear your team apart. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it can. It, it can it can be that way. Um it's a small clubhouse, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a long season. I'm telling you, when you're eating meals and and, and you know, sleeping in hotels and, and traveling on planes together, oof. You can't really avoid each other. You know, it used to be the old Yankees thing, twenty five players mm-hmm. and twenty-five cabs. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see uh Wander and uh, and and Randy maybe sitting sitting beside each other uh, on the charter flights. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not there, so I really don't have a clue. Um, but it'll be interesting to uh, to see you know how he how he turns this around. He certainly responded at the plate. Like I said, when he got back, His first at bat, boom, 400 foot home run. So didn't bother him as far as his performance goes. But so, I want to get your take on it because I I just think there's a there's a jealousy. That I think there's something there, and it could be something we don't even know about. That's mm-hmm. you know nonsensical or maybe makes a ton of sense who knows um uh by the same token uh yeah interesting what mark called out i want to talk about a coach who's going to be honored at the pro football hall of fame today and tomorrow we'll get to that story in just a minute but first i want to tell you how to save money on your electric bill it's called may electric solar they're a family-owned business they've been operating and installing solar electric systems now in the area for 13 years Uh, There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies out there that May Electric is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products and conduct on-site testing so you can see exactly what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know... Who is up there doing the job? Those are Billy Mays guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. And he's 84 years young. He's the first guy, and I'm not kidding, into the building at one buck place usually before 4 a.m. or so, and
1: isn't that when he wakes up, to still, take his bathroom break, he just goes in.
0: I don't know. He's still, I don't know how he gets there so early. Believe me, I'm an early riser. I'm not that early. Um, Tom Moore, who has coached for 45 years just in the NFL. Okay, before that, he had you know he started at Dayton. If that gives you any idea, he had some college stops as well. Uh, it really goes back, even you know, to to his a couple of years in Korea when he first started coaching. But guys like Terry Bradshaw, you forget, you know, fourteen years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, won two Super Bowls. Started as an assistant coach, coaching Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, and all the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, Terry Bradshaw as his coordinator he was the first coordinator for the Steelers. In fact or Chuck Knoll, who had the biggest impact on him. Uh, And then, of course, we all remember him um, with the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was drafted there. He was the offensive coordinator. That was under Jim Mora. Quarterback's coach was Bruce Arians. That's where those two guys got together. And then Mora was fired, and they brought in Tony Dungy, and, of course, the rest, as they say, is history. But with Peyton Manning, all those years in Indianapolis, the sheriff, right, and giving him sort of the answers that he needed – um, to uh To do his sort of orchestration at the line of scrimmage um, his his career and his life, which we will get into in a minute is is unparalleled um, as an assistant coach and so that for that reason uh, he is going to be among three assistant coaches who will receive the award of excellence at the pro Football Hall of fame uh, that'll be with a reception uh, tonight and then a luncheon tomorrow in Canton, Ohio, there's 17 individuals. Uh, and that includes assistant coaches, trainers, equipment managers, and a couple of public relations managers each, each season there. This is only the second year uh, that they've had the award of excellence, but on he goes in, into Canton, Ohio. Of course I missed the fact that not only did he do Brady or I'm sorry, uh, Bradshaw and Manning, uh, and oh yeah, Tom Brady <laughs> was also here with him. um, But just an an incredible career and an incredible life story um, that in writing this story I got to know a little bit. Uh, And I didn't know as much as I thought I did about Tom Moore. Um, But he's a legend. I mean, you know, there's very few people in life um, in their field of work that you go, okay, that guy is the GOAT, right? Well, for assistant coaches, I don't think there's ever been a more successful guy than Tom Moore. And what's interesting is that he was never a head coach. Um, you know, he was back in Korea for an Army, for, for an army uh, camp team. Um, but beyond that, uh, he, had, he had two opportunities to be a head coach. He interviewed at the University of Minnesota one year and didn't get that job. And then he also interviewed, because he had been the coordinator of the Detroit Lions, he interviewed for the Lions head coaching job when they hired Rod Marinelli. Um, and Matt Miller interviewed him and they gave, gave it to Marinelli and Marinelli went zero and 17, <laughs> uh, Oh, and, and 16 at that time. I think they played 16 games. Uh, the first team to, uh, to lose uh, every game, of course, uh, since the Buccaneers, uh, in their infancy. But, um, so, and, and, you know, when you talk to him, he's, he's fine. he's like, look, um, I'm doing what I love. I've always, you know, would I like to have been a head coach? Yeah. Uh, maybe I should have hired uh, another agent. Maybe you know I, I should have promoted myself because I know one thing: I didn't have a lot of a lot of diplomacy. I don't I don't play the <laughs> I don't play the political game very well. Um, he kind of tells you what he thinks, but uh, Tom is incredible, and his stories are incredible. Um, and if you listen to the people that uh, he has coached, uh, the Peyton Mannings, um, I talked to Lynn Swan. Uh, And they had already won two Super Bowls when he got to, you know, Pittsburgh and Chuck Knoll. uh, And, you know, talking to Lynn, he's like, look, he made me and Stallworth better players, you know, because he he taught us what to look for and, and, you know, how to read defenses and all these things. Um, And when Tom was sort of out of the game, he was a consultant with the Jets and a consultant with Houston um, or Tennessee, I think, um, before he took the job. In Tampa Bay, Lynn Swan was the AD at USC, and he and he said, "Hey, come out here for a couple weeks. I want you to to take a look at our program, take a look at our players, uh, see if we're doing the right things." Like he had so much trust in what you know, what Tom knows. He's a great student of the game. He's a great teacher of the game. He knows talent. He can he can judge it really well. He's a reliable voice that coaches have leaned on in terms of who they might draft. Like you know, there's so many layers to him. Um, throughout his career, and, and just not not a lot is known about him. I, I know he's been on the staff here. Bruce Arians is the one that brought him back, so to speak, uh, at an age when no one would probably hire a guy like Tom. Uh, but Arians, of course, like I said, they worked with each other with the Colts. And when Bruce was uh, a coordinator in Pittsburgh, uh, they were playing uh, Jacksonville one day uh, in, in, in Pittsburgh, and Tom Moore was in the lobby of the hotel. He happened to be going to the game or whatnot, and he just had double knee replacements. And Arians ran into him, and, and he was asking him how he was doing. Of course, they were close friends and all that. And Tom says, "I well, what I need is a job." And and Bruce says, "You know what? If I ever get a head coaching job, you're coming with me." And his fate would have it. He went to Indianapolis, and then you know um, Chuck Pagano got sick, and he took over, won coach of the year as the interim coach, then got the job at Arizona and brought Tom Moore with him to Arizona. And they've been together really ever since. So pretty cool story. Um, check it out in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. He's, he's a really, really good guy. I've gotten to know him quite well, uh, especially recently, but uh, really over the last three years or so. And um, just tremendous insights, insights, uh, coaching insights. Uh, and, and a guy that's happy, you know, with where he is, he, he's told, he told me, he goes, look, I had, I have had guardian angels looking after me. He goes, there's no reason I should even be here and do, and had the career that I had. Um, you know, he was, uh, he grew up very poor in, in Minnesota. His dad was a what they called a Gandhi dancer at that time on the railroad. Those were guys that laid tracks, uh, on the railroad. He worked six and a half, seven days a week. Uh, his mom, um, worked in a hospital, so he was kind of by himself a lot. He said I had three guardian angels. One was my um, elementary school art teacher. Another one was my junior high basketball coach that went undefeated, and a really good junior high coach. And then uh, and then on to Iowa. I mean, he got a scholarship. His dad couldn't afford to send him to college, uh, and he ended up getting a scholarship as a uh, as a quarterback uh, at Iowa, and um, I played in the Rose Bowl. You know, and and used to sneak into the into the stadium and stuff from going from he would hitchhike from Mount Pleasant uh to the games at Iowa. Um just just, you know, where he's come from is is pretty impressive and um uh, I'm I'm proud of him because not many people get to uh be honored in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean he's already got there's probably twenty Pittsburgh Steelers there and Colts players and everything else that guys that he is made their careers. And, and like I said, to a man, if you talk to them, they all give Tom a ton of credit and uh, happy to see him go in. So check it out, Tampa Bay Times and on Tampa Bay.com
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including
0: those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One more note on the Rays. Uh, as we're taping this during the uh, game in Arizona, and it's, what, 5-4 in the second inning at this point. Um, right. Good, good starting pitching tonight. Uh, Taj Bradley, not so, yeah. not so hot in the first inning. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, Evan Longoria, before the game, confirmed to Mark Topkin that uh, there were some talks about him coming back to the race this season. But as uh, Peter Bendix said, it just wasn't a good fit. Had they signed Evan Longoria, they probably would have had to get rid of either Harold Ramirez or Isak Paredes, which would have left them a little less versatility, particularly with Paredes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just wasn't a good fit, but he would love to come back here someday, whether it's as a player or whether it's throwing out a first pitch, et cetera. So um you know, and, and he still has a home here in Saint Petersburg, so uh, but but he did confirm that he did uh they had some short talks in the off season before he signed with Arizona, so
0: it's remarkable to me that he's been gone now for a number of years, and, mm-hmm. and just as fate would have it, because you know pretty much everybody plays everybody in these days. But um, he's not made it back to the trop mm-hmm. uh, for for the Rays to be able to you know to to honor him. Well, he's and gone I to the NL have... West,
1: and so you know right. now right. starting this season, you play every team every year. Right. So that changes things in in Arizona. If he's there next year, of course, who knows where he'll be next year presumably would come here next year. But, yeah, he has not played mm-hmm.
0: at the drop. Yeah, and, and because of that, they haven't had that chance. Now, uh, he did tell Mark, I thought this was interesting, he's, he said uh, number three means a lot to him because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's always worn it, and he's wearing it for Arizona uh, and having a pretty good year, as as are the Diamondbacks. But he goes, I'm I'm kind of glad they haven't given it away, you know, that no one, yeah. and they no one with the Rays. And That's going won't. up to the That'll be a team, a number that will be retired clearly. Um, but in essence, they're sort of already retired it, and I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody would want to wear it, um, out of deference to him. Um, the other story that Mark had done, we talked about a little bit the other day, uh, when Derek was on, was just you forget all the things he accomplished. I mean, this is a guy that hit for a cycle, uh, you know, was part of two triple plays. Um, you know, of course, all the big moments that he had that uh, have been well chronicled throughout his career, but. Um, you know, just just really did everything you can do as a player in a pros you know, for, pro for, too. for the race. Just oh yeah, it oh, you know, yeah.
1: wasn't a vocal guy, but led by example. Yeah, um, just a a stand up guy, just a pros
0: pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now a clubhouse guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you could, guys could just watch how he worked, how he prepared, um, and you know he had his routine. <laughs> I told you a story the other day. They were leaving. They had one of these getaway days, and he drove in five runs in Baltimore. and was covering the game. Is like, Hey, Evan, can we get you? A- oh, you're okay. You're going to the hot tub. Okay. A cold tub. Okay. That's fine. Like, you, you know, and he was great when we got him. But it was like, Hey, man, dude has a routine, mm-hmm. and he's going to stick to it. And that's what made him successful. And, yep. and, um, Derek Brooks was like that, too. It was like, um, uh, you know, it's great when you got him. But yeah, I always had the right things to say and helped a lot of young, younger players. But what he did as a young player, it was just incredible. I mean, he was, If you think about the turnaround of the Rays, and they had some good players, obviously. uh, The Carl Crawfords and B.J. Uptons were coming on about that time and others, you know, Pena and all that. Um, And, of course, the pitching staff with Shields and then Price. But what Evan Longoria did as a young player was unbelievable. I mean, he was sort of that straw that stirred the drink when they got – it was not a coincidence that he showed up in the franchise – um, and, and, you know, a lot of credit to the GM and the owners and all that, but that's, that's really when they became a great team when, when they got the rookie of the year. Um, so yeah, it's cool to see him. he's healthy. I think that's been the biggest thing that's kind of sidetracked him in the last few years. It's just, he, he's, he's had a series of injuries. It's just been tough to stay on the field, but, um, playing very well and, and got to hit the first time up, uh, in, in, uh, in this game, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, tonight. So pretty cool. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, their schedule is out, I guess?
1: That is correct. Uh, Tuesday, October 10th at 5.30 is oh opening goodness. night against the Nashville Predators. It's a uh, national triple header that night. So the lightning Nashville, will be the first game, and then there's a game at 8 and another one at 10.30. So it's a weird it's, start time for that game. But, yes, Tuesday, October 10th. It's not a weekend. 10th. It's
0: like a Tuesday, no. right? Yeah, is Tuesday.
1: Yep. Wow. Yep. So, but it's, uh, it's the schedule What five games is the longest homestand. Five games, I believe, is the longest road trip. It's actually the most balanced schedule I can remember in lightning history. Yeah, Uh, that's good. The number of uh, home games per month, if you're a season ticket holder, one of the things that gets frustrating is when you have, you know, 10 10 games this month at home and three the next month. Yeah. Uh, This year it actually goes six in October, six in November, seven in December, six in January, five in February, six in March, five in April. Wow. It's the most balanced schedule I can remember. The lightning having that's nice in years. So you know what
0: I'm looking forward to, and I don't know anything about hockey really mm-hmm. um, except what you tell me. But um, two things: one, and, and maybe it's all in the same right. Like, uh, how does how does not playing so many games? Um, not that they wanted to lose out in the first round, clearly. Mm-hmm. But how does having a quote unquote lengthier offseason revitalize this team and particularly Andre Veselsky how does he come back uh and has he has he learned to manage that natural fatigue that a guy who plays as much as he does at the level he does kind of has mm-hmm. admittedly he's battled with that or did last year he kind of had a wall after he said 35 games or so mm-hmm. but like would would this would this be all they need in other words i can't imagine like they're going to feel so much better um, from not having, not, not because they weren't in the playoffs and didn't win the Stanley Cup, but just because they, they've had time to get their legs back, to get their bodies back, to get away from the game and, and, and kind of clear their minds mentally. I mean, there comes a time when a lot is a lot and, and, and no, no team played as much hockey as they did for three years.
1: Well, I think you just look at Stephen Stamkos a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, many, including us, wondered if his career was winding down.
0: Yeah, it looked like it.
1: And then all of a sudden he comes out and has, Point and Kucherov were missing for the first part of the season. And Stamkos carried the team. He did. And he talked about there's a difference between rehabbing and training. That's right. That's right. And when you can train all off season, And so mm-hmm. the longer off season does a couple things. And I think it's going to be positive for this team. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: it allows these players to train. They're not rehabbing. But there's also 15, 20 less games of injuries. That's right. You know, how many injuries happen in the playoffs? Oh, when you're laying everything on the line. Yeah, when you're laying everything on the line. And and you avoided that. Now, would they much rather have been playing for the Stanley Cup? Absolutely. Oh, no question. Because you have a limited window to do that in your career. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to go out early after going to three straight Stanley Cup finals, then there is a plus to it. And... Look, as this core gets a little older, particularly the Hedman's and Stamkos's and that, and the roster keeps changing. I mean, you know, free agency starts, what, well, Saturday. The NHL draft is tonight, the first round. Mm-hmm. The second through seventh round will be tomorrow. The Lightning don't have a pick till the sixth round. They've traded their first five picks, unless they make a trade in the interim to get picks back. But the roster's going to change whether, you know, Alex Kalorn most likely will leave. Uh, there's a chance they could trade Ross Colton, particularly if they want to get some picks back. He's probably the most likely to be yeah, traded. Yeah, I can see that. You know, um, I think
0: Colborne is gone. This is my personal opinion. I, I just think somebody mm-hmm. somebody will pay him too much money, as much as he wants mm-hmm. to stay and they want him to stay. I just don't think that that's even feasible. Uh, and
1: but, it's it's the same thing that happened with Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, absolutely. go go through the list of players that have left. Andre Pallot, Ryan, McDon- sure. well, Ryan McDonough Ryan McDonald was traded, but uh, Andre right. Pallot. You know. Mm-hmm. the salary cap constraints, particularly over the last three years where the salary cap has not significantly gone up, which is, yeah. you know, as they built this core, you planned on the salary cap going up every year because that's the way it happened. Yeah. Then COVID hit and changed everything. COVID. Yep. So yep. with the salary cap staying low, that's why they've had to trade guys like Ryan McDonough. Had the cap gone up the way it had gone up previously, McDonough would still have been on this team last year. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, maybe you could have re-signed a Barkley Goodrow or someone. I think Pilat probably would have still been gone. But you know that kind of stuff maybe you could still afford Alex Klore now so but the rest and in, in you know guys you know they had some guys banged up but it didn't sound serious stuff uh, you know so i think guys are training this off season
0: mm-hmm. and and quite frankly, they're getting a mental break too that's the thing i, I you know physically it is is obviously easy to measure but mm-hmm. man the mental, the mental side of it is has got to be uh, refreshing. I mean, you know, to be able to reconnect and, mm-hmm. um, like I said, get away. I mean, I don't care what you do, even, you know, what I do, uh, you know, 11 months out of the year or so it seems. I'm on, quote, unquote, vacation now except for the podcast. Um, I'm doing some things, but, like, you have to get away. You know, players that just got done with the mandatory minicamp, you know, the you know, these days you can't get into shape. You just don't want to get out of shape. You have mm-hmm. to stay in shape. But they're still going to take a couple of weeks. But they just have to be away from football. Todd Bowles was going away. He was going on vacation. He's like, man, I'm. I hope I have nothing to say or do or, or you know any interaction at all because I I need mm-hmm. to get with my family and reconnect and just. But for players that play as much as they did, um, yeah, mentally, uh, uh, you know. I think that's that's going to be as big as anything physically as they do. So,
1: And, and look, we also know this is a mentally tough team. Yeah. How motivated are they going to be right. to being eliminated in the first round? Right. Like, I, I anticipate, and, and we'll see how things go, but the last couple regular seasons they've started slow, particularly the first week or two. You know, it was kind of like they eased into the season. They got going fairly quickly, a couple weeks in. Mm-hmm. I expect them to be raring to go opening night, and I, you know they're going to open against Nashville. They go on the road for three, and then they have a five game home stand. So yeah. six of their first nine at home. You know I anticipate them to play very well in those games
0: because mm-hmm. I
1: think they're going to be motivated to to make a run again and to prove everybody wrong, right? And to, and to show that you know they're not going out in the first round this year. I, I that's I anticipate that they're going to come out with a little more fire to start
0: the season. A little more pep, yeah, I would yeah. agree.
1: And it's, it's part of it's the rest, it's the getting away, it's the motivation, it's the, you know, take mm-hmm. all of it. But yeah. you asked about Andre Vasilevsky. It will be interesting to see who the backup goalie is this year. Right. And then how much that goalie plays early in the season. Mm-hmm. Now, they open on a Tuesday. They don't play again until Saturday. And then it's a back to back Saturday Sunday on the road. So presumably the backup goalie will get one of those two games. Yes, but it'll be they. They seem to have less back to backs this year too. So that's going to be interesting how they work the schedule. I think there's only eight or nine back to backs. Uh, only one home back to back. Which yeah, last year depending on who it
0: is, I mean, maybe he gets a lighter load earlier yeah. in the season, so that mm-hmm. the cumulative effect is yeah. that he's or late. I mean. But traditionally,
1: uh, it's been around the back to backs, but there's less of them this year, it seems. Right. I haven't looked exactly, but so, mm-hmm. it, but yeah, it'll be interesting who the backup goalie is because I don't know. I, I get the impression Brian Elliott's not coming back. And, and to be honest, you kind he of felt retire, like he was going to yeah. retire uh, the way felt, his yeah. son was out there for the final game of the season doing yeah. the Thunderstick kid and stuff. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of the, the feeling you got. If that happens, sure. I don't know, but. Uh, who they sign, and then, you know, that may indicate some things, too. And then early in the season, seeing how they divvy up the workload. I think they only have that one back-to-back until November 6th and 7th is their second one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's three weeks in between back-to-backs after the first one. So I think we'll get a better field then for – although with Vasilevsky not playing for four or five months, he may win a lot of games early.
0: He might. You know, hard yeah. to tell, so. He's constantly tweaking things and trying to figure out what it is that he needs to, to, to you know be strong throughout the whole year. And uh, uh, We talk about mentally. If anything, mm-hmm. uh, the mental break for him will be big um, because, like I said, nobody's played more important games or more games in general over the last three years than he did. So you still have the greatest goaltender in the world. You still have a lot of great players. Um, teams are going to be different every year. But I, I think that rest is going to be big for them, and I think they're going to Probably come out a little more uh, fresh and 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 maybe um, maybe more determined. Who knows? Uh, not that they weren't last year, but it just uh, you know it ran it, it finally caught up to them. I think at some point in the postseason. All right. So uh, tomorrow, uh, as always, we, we've got a couple of mailbag questions we didn't get to with Derek. Um, you can still submit those to us at any time. Um, you can do that by sending them to us at SportsATB on Twitter. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. little programming note. Yes, that was Evan Longoria who went yod in Arizona against his former team. First two time up, couple of hits, bomb, probably felt pretty good uh, right about there. But uh, Taj Bradley up to kind of a rocky start with a couple of six runs he's given up in the first couple of innings And and uh, But read about Evan in the Tampa Bay Times. Mark Tompkin with a story in on Tampa Bay. Com. Thanks for listening. Glad Steve Bursnick is back from vacation. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. For Steve, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody.